Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audiobooks, download a title free, and get started listening. It's just that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM to get started now. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Perpetually Correct, presented by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac. JB is out of the studio this evening, but I am joined by the famous Kyle Beats. Kyle, what's going on, my man? What up, man? Excited to uh, excited to be breaking down these games. Really excited for the slate that we have this weekend. A lot and, of good dude, football. And the national championships. So it's really three days of football in a row. That is great. I, I like the whole like Saturday, Sunday NFL thing. I get why you can't really do it up against college football. It just doesn't really make sense. But like, right. it just feels like a better pace. Oh, it's definitely a better. Absolutely. And it's having two games each day is the perfect way to break it down because and I, I like when the NFL is more balanced with their games. Like I hate how some of those noon slates have 10 games and then the three o'clock will have like two or three. And it's like, that that's not good. Like let's get some more balance here. Yeah. I will say though, that the national championship being like two weeks after the bowl games is bull crap. It feels weird. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, but it, is it a good thing that LSU and Clemson have that much more time to study one another? I mean, I guess maybe for the actual product on the field, but I guess right. I just mean as a consumer, yeah, no, agree. Man, like it's just brutal. Like I've been done with college football in my head. Oh, it feels like that the LSU Oklahoma game in Clemson Ohio State was forever. It was like two weeks ago, right? But it feels like it was so long ago because we've had so much other good. I mean, this is kind of getting towards peak of sports. I mean, it really is the peak of sports. I would say. Yeah, like we kind of have like there's like a very small time where they, the NFL, the NHL, the NBA and Major League Baseball all intersect with each other, and they're all going on at the same time, plus, you know, just college football and everything else. Like, But this is kind of the one of the biggest, like, kind of convergences of the year because there's some so. big games this weekend, especially in the NFL, and when I think about, like, upsets and stuff like that, like, there's always a few, and I, I just I can't wait to see what, what it's going to bring. I just I love the NFL playoffs, man. I really do. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I'm I'm basketball is probably my favorite sport, but I say that, and then every year I feel like I'm so tuned into the NFL playoffs, where like I don't miss a game, right? Because it's just a game. With the NBA playoffs, I watch every series, but I don't see necessarily every game of every series. Mm -hmm. So you know, you it's funny because you you always forget how much you love the NFL until you're locked into playoff time, and I, I mean, I I think the eight teams left are all really exciting. We'll get to that on the college front though. We've seen the LSU line move a little bit. It opened up like six, six and a half. Most books mm -hmm. down to four and a half, pretty much across the board, which four and a half is kind of like five and a half, I guess in a way, because games are rarely decided by five, but are you surprised to see that much action going on Clemson? Not really based on every, it seems like everybody I talked to, is like, oh, Clemson's the 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 go-to person here. You know, like, they have the experience. They have this. They have that. That LSU team is good. Right. Like, I get Clemson <laughs> is the returning champ. You got to give them that respect. Absolutely. But 
like two weeks ago, or you know, right after the OU game, everybody was like, LSU's the best team. They got this locked up. And now like a few, I feel like a few college football experts in the media have been, you know, talking about how much they like Clemson. And obviously Clemson has a ton of NFL players on the roster. Mm-hmm. You know, the football power index gives them the 56% chance. We've seen that. And I feel like people are just hopping on that bandwagon, but it's like, why are we jumping off LSU's again? Because they're still like the best team this year. It feels Clearly. like every, right. I, it feels like this is the same exact thing we saw going into the bowl game here with LSU, where you had the situation where everybody was, or, or the, the first playoff game, I mean, everybody was sitting there writing them off being like, oh, you know, we'll see. I mean, they got the respect they deserve, but I mean, they, well, no, but people thought, oh, you were going to, was going to cover a two touchdown spread for that's, sure. That they was absurd. Yeah, they. I mean, they. They he scored what seven touchdowns in that game? Six? Yeah, Joe Burrow scored seven. Yeah, yeah so. that's what I'm saying. And, and I just, I don't know why we're. I I don't want to sit here and make like the whole, like oh well they don't play anybody there in the ACC like they clearly they're clearly a good team like obviously at this ton point. of NFL talent ton of it this like ton of, of it they're well coached Dabo's a good coach I don't really care for him but he's a great coach and I like I get the respect but I. I Man, I think the X factor is that they might have the best player, even though LSU has the number one overall draft pick and the Heisman. Like, how how fucking weird is that that they have the the number one player that's going to be drafted? They have the Heisman, and he might not be the best player on the field. It's absurd. I think Trevor Lawrence, like the way he's been playing over these last four or five games, the way he played versus Virginia, the way he played versus Ohio State, especially running the ball. That scares me a lot. I think they have a really good opportunity to win the game, but I'm still going to ride LSU. I've been, we've been, on, me and you have been on that on that ship for a while. So I'm going to go down with it. I like LSU to win the game. Looking at the spread, that's a that's a little more tough though. Yeah, um, man. But I think I'm going to lay the points. Like if I have to, right? Like let, I'm going to pick because it's national championship. That's what we do. I'm going to take I'm going to take LSU minus four and a half. But it that's that's tough. I'm going to do the same thing. And I, I'm pretty sure Jason's on the other side of that. A hundred percent. And which, uh, again, I get the I get the, the vision for sure. But I just. He's a big Trevor Lawrence guy. So I think he's going to going to have uh, Clemson winning the game outright. What mm-hmm. do you think about the over under, though? Right. It's about sixty nine and a half. It's going to be a high scoring game like it, LSU has gone from being they're a good defensive team. They're not like the defensive team that they used to be, but they're not the offensive team they used to be either. And so like it kind of, you know, they're actually like an offensive juggernaut versus defensive juggernaut here. Right. So it's it's the number one offense versus the number two, uh, number one defense, actually. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's number one and number one on scoring and uh, total yardage. I think they're one and two. So, I mean, it's it's the two best against one another, but Clemson can put up points as well. And right. this this LSU defense, like you said, yeah, I mean it's it's above par for an average college football team, but it's significantly below par for their expectations in in Baton Rouge. I mean, it feels like a lot, but when you think about the fact that he had put up seven touchdowns in a game, I mean, is it? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess they can give up. They they can give up a lot, but I mean, I don't I don't know, man. Uh, 69 and a half though i'll tell you that's probably right where it should be if i touched it i would not touch this for our listeners but if i did i would go over see i almost uh, it's college football man yeah that's true 
And there's not going to be a ton of defense here. How much? How many points are scored in the Oklahoma game? 91. True. <laughs> good point. That's a good point. That's a big 12 defense for you at its finest, though. True. And so was the last time I remember the last time that LSU was in the championship, they lost nine to six to Bama, right? Or they won? No, they lost to Bama, but it was was it nine six? No, that Dude, was yeah, I it was think, like nine to six or something like that. No, I think that was the championship. Oh, that might have been the SEC championship game. Yeah, and they played each other. That was under the old BCS system. I think I was in Vegas for this. It was yeah. like twenty eleven. I want to say that sounds right. Twenty eleven. Twenty twelve. Yeah, twenty twelve maybe. Uh, twenty eleven maybe it was around my twenty first birthday. Either way, that's the one where Alabama beat the piss out of them. It was okay. like twenty one zero at one point. Okay. I'm like, oh yeah, they did. They won twenty one to nothing. That was that was the final score. Yep. Okay. There was one that was nine to six, but that must have been like the that was the SEC, the championship, SEC championship that game yeah. that year. Oh, that's right. And then they came back and played each other. Yeah, dude, the BCS was so wacky. But, yeah, I mean, in the way college football has evolved, I mean, both these teams are going to have four to five guys that are four three four three four four speed mm-hmm. on every offensive play for sure. And, I'll tell you right now, if Clemson does win, obviously we know we're going to get a good performance out of Trevor Lawrence. I think Travis Etienne is going to be the X factor. And they've had some they've had some weird bang-up injuries at the receiver position as well. But Etienne, man, he he's he averaged like nine yards a touch in the ACC this year. Like, it's still a Power 5 conference. That's absurd. It's absurd for sure. But I, I would just be – I'd be really interested to see how he translates to the NFL. I think he's not a guy that you can give the ball. I think he's a almost like a poor man's Alvin Kamara. Um, he's not a guy you can give the ball 30 times a game, but he can make a lot of plays in space. He can play slot. Um, he, I think he's going to be pretty good in the NFL. And like I said, LSU's defense is not great this year. If he gets one-on-one with a line, linebacker especially, but even a safety, he will he will be able to make a play. Um, I, I just I think he's going to have a big game. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't doubt it, but I – like it's easy to start thinking that way and and head towards Clemson and all of a sudden you start like trying to pull yourself back to reality a little bit and then head towards LSU and then you kind of go back like okay maybe I'm buying in a little bit too much because there's Trevor Lawrence here and ATN and like all that there's just so much going on with this game and like I don't it's gonna be a hell of a game I know yeah I'm sticking I'm sticking with my gut I'm I'm doing the same LSU yeah Um, I'm just making a case if Clemson wins I think ETN has a monstrous game I think either way, he still has a really big game, 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Clemson does probably have the coaching advantage. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dabo's a hell of a motivator and a hell of a winner. I mean, he's he's been in the playoffs, what, four years in a row now? So, I mean. He knows. Yeah. He definitely knows. Um, I think I, I think overall, though, the, five, the four and a half is a good number, and I'm, I'm sticking with that. Same. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. So I guess we'll let's do a little bit of NFL talk and let's let's dive in with just a few tidbits here and there. And the first thing I have to get your opinion on is the Dallas Cowboys hiring Mike McCarthy. Yeah. And overall, I mean, I'd probably give it, you know, a a B plus. It's it's a hire that I'm happy with. I don't even know if there's anything I would have given an A out there because I wouldn't have been as happy with Urban Meyer or Lincoln Riley as, as Mike McCarthy. I don't want to take a guy to take his time to transition from college. I want somebody that's proven in the NFL. Um, you know, I initially was hesitant on him, as Jason pointed out in our live uh, our live stream. You know, McCarthy has since gone, learned a little bit more about analytics, advanced metrics, understands the importance there. It's kind of adapted that and got off of his 
you know, old man type of old school style. Uh, he's had a lot of success with the quarterback position. I think that bodes well for Dak, who's going to get a contract. Uh, so, I mean, overall, man, as a Cowboys fan, I'm happy. I think we just need a change. Uh, Midwestern guy, you know, probably bring a little bit more, you know, hard hard work type of mentality, less of a country club feel. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a win. What is your What's your opinion as like an outsider looking in? I uh, don't buy into the whole hired an analytics team and all that stuff quite as much as maybe JB does. And that's, I think he went to analytics camp for like two two hours or something. Yeah, like that. Well, I, I just, not to say he didn't do any work. I, I'm not saying that at sure. all. But I think that that's a hell of a PR move. And think about who you're talking about trying to get hired by. Right. Jerry's all about the PR move. So sure. that might 100% be correct. But you know what it shows me is that he's at least, at least he's. Knows the game he's playing. Open open-minded and play the game right absolutely like, and, and it's it's not that's not a hundred percent correct there's some sure, sure. some minu- that's there's definitely minutiae there but i think that's you know me man i'm a big follow the money kind of guy and just i try to think about like why things happen the way they do and whatnot and when i think about why you make that such a big thing is is a little odd i guess or not odd i don't know just a little bit no but it's like you're really really trying to sell yourself fan base because jerry knows how pissed off and and just not even as pissed off as just fed up the fan base is and i think he's trying to give them what they want to hear it's like he's he's getting the the savvy analytics sexy guy now but it's Mm -hmm. also this old school kind of hard-ass guy with a ring right and i think that is i mean think about the fact that mike mccarthy so all within like a, a day span You've got Jason Garrett begging to keep his job and refusing to leave. You have the alleged sleepover. You have the sleepover happen, which <laughs> that in and of itself is disturbing. Why are seventy and fifty year old men having sleepovers? <laughs> right, and I think I think it came out. Of course, Jerry's got like a guest house or something like that. You know, it's all that. But like, hey, well, you're not staying in the main house. But bro, like you you flew to, <laughs> flew to Dallas from wherever the hell he came from, and you're just gonna not have somewhere to stay without planning on like going back. You didn't have a plan. You're like, yeah. Oh, let's just crash on my couch. You know, like that, that, that's, that's a little, that's, that's strange. And I, Jason, I, Jason was at the house at one point too. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's dude, I don't know. So anyway, all that to say, aside from all the circus that would be going on with something involved with the Cowboys, because that's just how literally it a TV show. Dude. It, it really is. It's unbelievable. Like I've, I've never, truly understood it until I really became like close with you guys and started to understand what it looks like from a, a true a fan standpoint. It's miserable. You it's gotta be miserable. That we can't understand. Right. Like <laughs> I, I so want painful. to, un- I want you to, I want to understand for you so badly. Anyway, uh, uh, all that aside, this was a really good hire. I think at the end of the day, like it's, it's at the end of the day, like you've got to have someone that Jerry can deal with. That's what this right. comes down to. It's not about, the competent coach on the field. It's just not. I do. I think that Mike McCarthy will probably make better calls than Jason Garrett. Sure. And I think he's a little more ballsy and just will like just shoot from the hip and stick to his, his just gut reaction a little bit more, but he showed a lack of inability or he showed an inability to make adjustments in green at the end of his green Bay tenure quite often. Like they would just be kind of, beating their heads against the wall, and you could see the frustration. But how much of that, and this is, um, 
it, it, I guess it's all dependent, but how much of that was just Aaron Rodgers and him not being on the same page? Yeah, I mean, and Rodgers, I mean, even had, you know, the little tension with LaFleur earlier this year, and they finished 13-3. and three. I think that's just the kind of guy Rodgers is. I don't think Dak is nearly as, as combative yeah. of, a, of a player, um, but it's still a concern. Because like that defense needs a lot of a lot of work. I mean, he was really successful in Green Bay overall. The last year didn't look great. He really just he should have left the year before he did. Sure, and I, I think mean, he had the best winning percentage in his tenure for the for either the, for the NFC. Yeah, so I mean that he's a fine coach. I think that's about as good a hire that you're going to make. I don't think that getting someone like Lincoln Riley in there would have been a good idea. No. I just don't think so, and I get, like, I don't think they really considered Matt Rule. But the interesting thing about this is the Cowboys didn't really seem to be too concerned about this but by taking their time firing Jason Garrett for whatever reason. Yeah, that's I don't I don't know what's going on, dude. The Matt Rule hire, just without going down that rabbit hole, is fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, I know he was an offensive line coach in the NFL, but, I mean, dude coached one year in the Big 12, right, or two? Yeah, well, uh, two years, I think. Okay, either way. Yeah, not long. Hey, I, I'm all for the NFC East getting new coaches. I mean, I think Rod Rivera was a hell of a hire, though. Yeah, that that one I'm not as excited about, but I'm really <laughs> just not as worried about that that roster right now. Yeah, that that's saving grace right there. <laughs> like Dallas's roster is just so much better. I no matter who's coaching, but you know, I had talked about getting Ron Rivera when he initially became available. I'm I think I'm actually happier with McCarthy than Rivera, even though it's it's relatively close. I don't think Ron Rivera would have done well with Jerry. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. He's a military guy. He doesn't he doesn't put up he with that shit. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think he's a I think he's a great coach. And that's a really good hire. The biggest thing that Washington did that's going to be helpful for them is firing Bruce Allen. Yeah. That guy stunk as a GM. So um well, so actually one more hire, and then this will kind of lead us into breaking down what happened last week in the NFL. Cool. Um, Josh McDaniels interviewing today with the Browns, his last head coaching job since Joe Judge went to the Giants. And, I mean, it's probably his job to lose. They're sleeping on it. At last I saw on Twitter after the interviews and everything, he took his wife with him to Cleveland today for it. I mean, from a Patriot standpoint, I think it could help Brady stay. Really? You think that their relationship is, isn't that much disarray? I think that Brady was very frustrated with him this year because there was a lot. Of, so, I mean, there are times where, like, you saw this all I don't want to get into the all that all that quite yet, but because I want to stay on the Browns here for a second because I want to hear your thoughts on on him being there with, with that disastrous of a situation. But... I just felt like there were a lot of times this year where Brady could have audibled out of a play instead of just throwing a dead ball. Because you, you know, you know how Brady is, man. If he steps up to the line, doesn't like what he sees, he just he just throws it dead. Yep. And he did that a lot this year. And so, like, in some ways, it's kind of on you, bro. Like, if you don't like what you see, check down and, and do something else. Then you know, like, what are we, what are we talking about? But right. Josh McDaniels clearly wanted to run certain things, like, like we saw it in the Tennessee game, like. In the first like quarter, like quarter to half of that game, again we'll get into it in a second. But like you saw them, like pretty successful, and then he just kind of decided, oh, let's call some weird ass plays that we never call, and it just gets him in trouble, man. Yeah, that's true. He, I felt, I feel like he did have to be pretty creative with that personnel group. But I, I agree with that. It, the play calling did suck in the second half of that game. 
Uh, like I said, we'll talk about that as far as how he'll fit into Cleveland because he's probably going to get hired. Yeah. I think a lot of that depends in, depends on how much the players are bought in. I think you need to make sure OBJ, Jarvis, Chubb, you, you know, your skill guys are bought in. I think Baker can still develop. I'm actually probably higher on them than most people still as far as potential moving forwards. Mm-hmm. Like, I still think that ceiling is really high. Obviously, we know the floor is low. We just watch them piss all over themselves and go 6-10. and 10. Yeah, I, I just think part of me feels like that's a chemistry problem that will not work itself out. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think he needs to assess that situation. Maybe that's what he's sleeping on. End of the day, hard to turn down a, a head coaching job, hard to turn down that money. He's done um, it before. And, and also, well... <laughs> Because the situation was great. Now, knowing what your situation's like yeah, right now, it, you know, that's probably pushing him a little bit more out the door. Going to Cleveland sucks, man. You know, I'm a big, a big weather and lifestyle guy. God right. almighty. That's Dude, one of the worst. I'm telling all, you. All due respect. Absolutely. I mean. But geez. Um, I, I just, I don't know that that roster is fit to work together. I, I don't know, man. I, he will call much better. He will call much better plays than Freddie Kitchens. If you give him yeah. nine attempts from the four yard line, they will score. Right. Definitely, okay, Nick Chubb and yeah, they were in like, dude, they could have had such a better record this year, but the terrible clock management, the terrible play calling, and just the the lack of rhythm that the team was able to get in. Maybe it's due to some chemistry. I think Freddie Kitchens had a big part of their lack of success this year, and I hate to put all the blame on him because he's not out there playing. But I, I don't know, man. I think Baker yeah. would do much better under McDaniel. Everybody said this year, Freddie Kitchens, great guy. No <laughs> business being a head coach. That's not what you want to lead with right. when you're talking about he, a coach. He's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, so I, I think it's a good hire if they're going to do it. I mean, that's what they're going to do. I, I just, that what worries me for McDaniels is that that's what Cleveland's going to do. And we all, we've all seen this show. We've seen how this ends. This ends the same way every time. What, for, for New Cleveland? England? No, for uh, Cleveland. Yeah, I was thought you were talking about the New England tree. Um, yeah. No, 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 not bad, that. But he would he would probably be the best hire that they've had. Oh, definitely. He's certainly better than Hugh Jackson or, or Freddie Kitchens, right? Or Mike Pettin or, <laughs> I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. God. Yeah, there's there's some some questionable calls there. So, I guess with that, I mean, we already kind of started talking about the the Patriots and stuff. So, I guess, well, do we want to lead off with the early game first? Do we want to go in order? No, I don't okay. care. Let's talk about the Patriots. All game. right. So, man, this one hurt, but I wasn't at all surprised, really. Yeah, I mean, I think we picked them to cover the spread just because it feels sacrilegious to go against that team in the playoffs until we see them lose. It's kind of like Golden State. Right. Now that I've seen it, I don't want any part of that because that offense sucked in the second half. They sure did. Um, I really thought letting Tennessee get that late score in the second quarter along the momentum wasn't by any means like a dagger at that point in the game, but it just felt like, oh shit, like what we were thinking was a possibility this whole week that we prepped for this is coming to fruition in front of us. I mean, Derrick Henry got off to a slightly so- slow start, but pretty much had his way the rest of the game. I mean, if that de- defense can't stop him, who who could stop him? I mean, Baltimore's defense is pretty stout, but I think he's still going to have a pretty good game there. It's just amazing. What did Tannehill throw for? Was under 100 yards, right? 17 yards. No, no, he didn't throw for 17. It was something like that, dude. It was no, terrible. 17, was was his, 17 yards was his longest. It was like 80-something yards. Either way, 
they're under a hundred yards. Um, that Tennessee defense is not great. If you look at their DVOA, if you look at uh, where they match up on just some of, or where they uh, stack up in some of the traditional categories, their team defense is pretty average. I just think the Patriots really could not get it done on the offensive side of the ball. And we talked about this all year with the lack of being able to replace the tight end position. That's been so critical in their success really the entire time that they've been successful over the last 20 years. Um, and then the skill position guys just not being – it's weird because, like, you have the typical slot guy. You have a big body in Harry. Um, you just don't have great route runners. Yeah, really. it's, it's a tough situation. And Sony it's Michelle, not, though, like, I mean, he put balls perfectly to those guys dude, all night. Like, Edelman just – dimes. Dude, Edelman just stand there in a number – like, a ball hitting him in the numbers and bouncing off. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, and Sony Michelle has kind of been unimpressive for – a little over a season to me now. I mean, yeah, I think it's safe to say he's probably going to be a bust as far as a first rounder. Yeah, like he can, he can be a starter, but like, dude, I mean, I heard Simmons say it like Nick. They took the wrong Georgia running back, and he backed up Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb yeah. was the starter. Absolutely, Nick Chubb is way better. De- that, I think that just hurts moving forwards, but. um you know, as as far as this game goes, we talked about it before. Tannehill probably made himself an additional four or five mil a year on that contract. That's he, he's gonna get paid by Tennessee. That absolutely and he deserves it. it. And he deserves it. Yeah. Agreed. But I'll say this, man, like everybody keeps talking about how we like the Patriots couldn't stop Derrick Henry. They didn't allow a point in the second half. It's true. So like I, I while I get that, it's still I, I mean the the defense did what they could to stop him. It just didn't seem like it, but they stopped him from scoring and that's what matters. They, but the they offense just couldn't get it done. adjustments at yeah. halftime. They but, really did. But the offense just couldn't get it done. And that's what it comes down to. So, I mean, as far as uh, this is kind of a sidebar from the games, but as far as the situation with Brady, do you think he's back next year? Yeah, I do. Yeah, too. I do. I, I do. And you think Belichick's back too, right? For sure. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think Brady wants to go out that way. I don't think that relationship is as quite as damaged between them two as most people think. No. Um, I think Kraft will, will figure that situation out. But, I mean, Brady's going to need to be all bought in to the situation, and he's given up. I mean, it's a, it's a lot like Dirk, where he just gave up a lot of money a lot of times to make sure there's a good team around him. And he's done that before, and we're at a time where, I, I mean, I get it's hard to demand max money and all that, but, like, but, like, here's the thing, too, man. Like, if they're going to pay, they have a lot of big contracts on that defense, and that's why it's so damn good. They do. They're going to have to find some diamonds in the rough. or, or They will. Yeah, Jamie Collins is going to be gone. He's going to get paid somewhere else. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of situations like that. Like, McCourty's going to retire. Uh, I, mean, I don't know what you got in Patrick Chung anymore. Like, there's some... There's some questions there. I mean, I have no doubt that they'll be able to fill it and make up for that. And no, well, what I'm worried about is they're not going to have money to spend on the offensive side of the ball because right. he's he's missing weapons. Right, and, and that's tough too. So I mean, you're going to have to find some sort of you know. What do you do? Balance. Go receiver first round again, like they did this year? Yeah, I mean they they put like two or three re- uh, first and second round picks into this this offense. Skill not like set. they've done nothing, and yeah. I think. Another season, I mean, man, Nikhil Harry, like, I don't know, man. He had a good year, but he didn't have a great year. And he just, there was so, I think the spotlight got put on him too quickly. 
you know and yeah I he mean, only played like what eight games maybe something like that yeah like just over half the or just yeah, i think it was just over half the season and i mean you know edelman's having two surgeries tomorrow so like on a, on his knee and his yeah, elbow. I mean, i've been saying it for weeks like that dude wait gets up from every tackle like he just got in a car wreck like he is in obvious pain on the moon dude tough tough loss um honestly good win for tennessee i kind of like seeing that they're a good underdog story um dude let's talk about this other afc game this probably was the most entertaining game of the of the weekend what was uh, yeah something like that pretty close closest yeah closest i mean that one felt like i mean dude i just it was incredible so Indy got off to a 13-0 start. No, uh, excuse me, not Indy. Uh, uh, Buffalo got off to a 13-0 start, extends it to 16. Mm-hmm. And I came into this game when it was 13-0, and I'm like, okay, I know Deshaun's going to make a play here. They're not going to win this game, though. Like, I know he's going to make it close. It's about a thing where, you know, Houston has their one-possession games. They always do. But he's not going to pull this off. This is just too much. And, dude, he fucking did it. I mean – Granted, we watched Josh Allen run backwards for 20 yards, Bro, two yes. years, which was unbelievably bad. Booger was doing nothing but praise praising Josh Allen all game, and he was atrocious in the last 10 minutes when he, he pitched bad, it to dude. the guy that had no idea it was coming to the him. The third who, string tight end, you mean? Like, who is this guy? I mean, what is he thinking, dude? That's insane. He he pitched it to a guy that's a foot away from him. Dude, it it. I don't think Houston won this game. I think Buffalo lost this game. That's fair to say, but dude, that Deshaun play is like that's more signature NFL moments. Definitely, I'm with you. And it's funny because like halfway through that game, I was looking at Twitter, and everybody is just shitting all over Bill O'Brien, and it's like, and and we we're guilty of that too. I I certainly am. But what I'll say is like, I mean. Look at his record versus like Jason Garrett's record in the last four or five years, like consistently winning about ten games, yep. and that's like it's hard to say he's done a bad job. No, I mean he's been over over not five hundred. He's been over five hundred every season he's been there. Mm-hmm. He's made the playoffs. I want to say three out of the four, something like that. Yeah, but this is the first win I believe. So that's a big deal. I mean that tells me a little bit more about this team. I think they're going to run into a, a roadblock this weekend. I think so, too. We can finish up the NFC, though. Um, overall, though, I mean, yeah, just Josh Allen moment was a little too big for him. Good experience. Did have some good moments in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, Devin Singletary had, had some plays that were really impressive. I mean, they got a really good young core there. They do. You know, it's and, just, and the you defense can't is make, stout, man. The defense is stout. It is. You just can't make stupid mistakes. No, you just but that really do. does come down to Josh Allen. I hate to put it on one guy, but that really that no, game really did. I mean, he took him out of field goal position by sacking himself for thirty yards. Like, right? You can't just turn your back and run, run away from guys. Like, you can do that in Wyoming, but you can't do that in the NFL in the playoffs. Right? Like, you're yeah, exactly. And that's something. Just go down. Like, it's not not yep. hard. He had some really big signature moments this year that were big. That were, you know, that were that showed that he has a lot of potential to lead. Uh, live up to the moment it's going to be a matter of him staying healthy and him continuing to develop and get better because he's still so young yeah he's 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 gonna be a top 10 quarterback in a few years i believe that yeah as long as he stays healthy that would be my concern with him right with the way he he treats his body um last thing i'll say houston 
so impressed by two players, and that's it on that entire team. Obviously, Deshaun. I mean, un- unbelievable play. Um, great run by that guy after the after the dump off catch. But like DeAndre did not show up enough in this game for me. I know they were doubling him a lot. He had the one really big reception down the field against my guy White, who I was telling you was the best corner in the league going into that game. Who I still feel that way, but that was he got beat. Um, so Hopkins made the play he needed to, but overall didn't really love what I saw from their skill position guys. Of course, Fuller was out. Love the play uh, we saw from Whitney Merciless. I say it all the time. I think he's the most underrated defensive player in the NFL. One of the strongest names in the NFL as well. Easily. Easily. I mean, Whitney Merciless. <laughs> I mean, that's just incredible. That's but a football name. Caused a fumble. He recovered a fumble. He had a sack. He had tons of... Uh, Tons of tackles, but it's also just the stuff that doesn't show up on the on the stat sheet when you're just watching a game. And you're like, all right, 59 is in every freaking play. Like this right. guy is just a magnet to the ball. If they weren't a rival team in my conference, so if I were you, I would make merciless shirts and wear them all the time because that's <laughs> just. I mean, that guy's feeling himself always. Absolutely, so good. All right, so let's move on to the NFC then. Yeah, so uh, we'll start with the the earlier game there. Probably the biggest surprise of the weekend, right? Biggest surprise of the weekend, and it's not even close. But, dude, okay, so you and I were on this Saints team all year long. So Minnesota beat them in overtime 26-20. to 20. We were on the Saints team all year. We, we ranted and raved about them. I'm shocked that this happened. I am too, but I'm, I'm 100% shocked. I was all over the Saints. I was all over the over. I was over the Saints over. All of those were wrong. Yeah, Vikings all covered. of them. We did not go over. The Saints did not hit the 29-point total. Um, the, I mean, that often didn't show up how we expected it to. I mean, they were all over Michael Thomas. He was still able to make a few plays, uh, but it just came down to some other guys having to make plays, and, and Harris and, and Traquan Smith and those guys just weren't there. Taysom Hill had some really impressive plays. Um, obviously, throwing the ball showed that I think he can still play quarterback in this league when Breeze is done, even though he's so good at other things. Uh, I love how versatile he is, man. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Uh, Kamara didn't get enough touches in this game to me. I was going to say, that's my biggest complaint with this game for the Saints is that he just, he barely, he was barely a factor at all. Yeah, and that's, it's weird. And that's happened a few times this year. You know, I owned him in a few fantasy leagues. It was a really frustrating year. Um, I don't know if he's slightly banged up or he's just, you know, I understand he may not be a prototypical back to take 30 carries, but you got to get him involved and get him touches, whether it's in the screen game or, running him out of the slot or, or pitching it to him, whatever it is, you got to get that the ball in his hands and in space. He, bro, he had uh, seven carries for 21 yards. Yeah, he had some targets. He had a but touchdown. I, but he had like, what, five receptions? Like he had 12, I think 12, 13 touches, something like that is very low number. Seven. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, and, no carries, but. Oh, oh well, yeah, yeah, something like that. Well, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah. But that I mean, his longest run was five, five yards. That's not great. No, because they, yeah, that's that's bad. I mean, that Vikings defense, give credit to them, dude. They played amazing. Hunter, absolutely, I mean, man. That guy, that guy's the most ripped player in the NFL. Like, that's the last dude I'm trying to see in an alley. Like, he looks like he's on fucking horse steroids. He really does. Uh, and I give it to Kirk Cousins. He had a great game. He was 19 for 31, 242 yards, and a touchdown. And I mean, and he made the play of the game, which is that that deep ball to Thielen, which he'd been struggling throwing the deep ball all year. Um, historically has as well uh was really poor in the first half got a little better in the second half but that ball was a dime dude that was good coverage hell of a catch by Thielen a lot more challenging we catch the 
to make than people realize. Um, but I mean, that was to play the game and Kirk shut people up, including myself and including you. Cause you, I've been more on Kirk than you have for sure. No, and I give him credit for that. It's a signature moment. It, it, it's just one of those things like I struggle because I want to I want to give him more credit than I feel like I'm going to let myself give him and that's not fair to him but I just I've seen the body of work and there's been so much more of not coming through in the clutch and I think I mean you're but with he's me he's in that deal man he's worth 29 million a year for de- sure definitely I mean it's he has three it's, times as many playoff wins as Dak well yeah I mean that's a different story but I, I think Mike Zimmer is a much better coach than Jason Garrett. And, and anyway, I, I just all I'm saying is I I have a hard time giving him the credit that he deserves because, like I said, I, it's a track record type thing, right? And I, I mean, I guess we'll get into the games here in a little bit, but because I, I can't wait to see what you think about their matchup this weekend. Um, but let's let's finish this thing out then. Let's talk about the Seahawks and Philly game. I mean. Seahawks won 17-9. Was this a big surprise to you? I mean, I just feel bad that Carson Wentz went out in the first quarter or after after a quarter of play. Uh, Jay hit was, was dirty. I don't think it was the most egregious thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, dude pretty much went straight to the ground and didn't put his hands out. You usually put your hands out when you're falling. So him saying he was falling, I don't buy that. He was yeah, definitely going in there with some intent. I don't think he wanted to hurt the guy like that, though, um, yeah. even though he's been a little bit of a dirty player historically. Uh, Josh McCown was fine, though. Josh McCown, man, for a 40-year-old high school football coach, that dude can fucking ball. Who had a torn hamstring. Yeah, I mean, he was he did what he needed to do. He was dinking and dunking a lot, but he was accurate enough. Miles Sanders needs to catch that fourth and fourth swing pass. You got to have that. He looked up field. He knew he had a, a chance to make a 15-yard play. You got to get the first down, man, and that's that's a that's a rookie mistake, and and that shit happens. But um, this Philly team probably outperformed given all the injuries that happened this year. I know we had pretty high expectations coming into the year, but they were so beat up all year, um, like really from the get go. Right, right, exactly. And for them to get to the playoffs was impressive. Uh, for them to be in this game was was you know it was tough. It, it was a, it was a good game, but man, this actually felt like more of a game where I. I lost a lot of confidence in Seattle. Mm, interesting. Even though they but won we, by eight, they should have won say, that game by more than eight points, dude. Pr- probably so, but we've been saying that every week. Well, some of us have been saying that every week, and I just, they seem to be able to pull it out somehow every time, and that's what Can matters, I give you I a stat? Yeah. They've been behind in the second half in 12 of 17 of their games this year. I believe that, but like they're winning games. Like Good teams find win- ways to win. Yes, until and good teams find ways to win, but above average teams with really good quarterbacks get lucky until it's too deep in the playoffs. And yeah. that's more so what I think's happening here. But you don't stumble into an eleven and five record. <sighs> okay. I mean, they beat the Bengals by one at home. Like, dude, they had a I lot know, of- I know. I'm with you. I get it. God damn it. I feel like if this is the Cowboys, you'd be just like Zeke still doesn't deserve the contract. No, he doesn't. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Let's talk about this week's yeah, game before yeah. I lose my mind. Here um, in reality. Yeah. So, let, well, let's talk about – I know we're going in a weird order, but let's talk about that game since we're kind of transitioning to it. I, you know, I think this is where the buck stops here for Seattle. Yeah. Like, like I think it, they're going to get their asses kicked. Well, I think so, what's the line on it? Six. I think most people are taking Seattle plus the points because they've been in so many one-score games. 
See, that's where my head's at. And honestly, uh, so you look at all the the games, right? And like everything, I mean, there's really two that I'm between. I mean, there's four of them, so 50-50, right? But there's two that I'm between that are really going to be the upsets. It's going to be either the Minnesota-San Francisco game or it's going to be the Seattle-Green Bay game. I'm with you there, right? So like the four of home teams are big favorites this this week. It's uh, six, seven, ten, and nine and a half. Mm-hmm. I, I think the least likely to upset, like there's no way Kansas City loses to Houston in my mind. Uh, Agreed. Agreed. So what do you do you think Seattle beating Green Bay is the most likely upset? Because I actually think it's Minnesota beating San Francisco, which is a kind of a hot take, I feel like. I'm torn between those two for sure. I'm uh so Jason sent us this inform information earlier in the uh in the week. Looking at the last ten seasons, the road team in divisional round games that take place on a Saturday is two and eighteen straight up and five fourteen and one against the spread. The yeah. over is also fifteen and five in these games. So go over favorites is basically what that's telling us. Probably, yeah. Okay. But I have to think about that. That's Damn, pretty that's crazy, man. Two and eighteen on Saturday games. That's wild, but so the Saturday games are the AFC games this week, right. so we'll have so, to think about that when we're when we're loading up on the book. Um, okay, but yeah, for this for this Green Bay game, I I just genuinely believe that so Green Bay's not looked good in a lot of their games at the end of the year, but they won five or six in a row to end the season. To your point, good teams find ways to win, right? For sure. And I mean, they looked. I mean, they beat the Redskins 20 to 15. That is just bad. It's not good, man. That Redskins team caught a little bit of fire at the end and kind of started to feel themselves a little bit when it's that whole, like, it's exactly what happened to Miami. They were playing because they had nothing to play for, but that almost kind of frees you up sometimes. Right. And I'll give them that, but, man, Green Bay should have beat the piss out of that team. Okay. And I, I, I'm with you. So my, I'm trans, my point I'm transitioning to is I think that they have – kind of had their foot on the gas a little bit, but not really revving up the RPMs. Like, I think they're going to hit full throttle this week. I think Seattle's going to come in with a game plan of let's stop the run and stop Aaron Jones because that's been the bread and butter for the Packers all year. And I think that's exactly what LaFleur wants. He's going to utilize play action and get Rodgers uh, maybe on some bootlegs. And I, I look for Rodgers to have a 300-yard, three TD game, even though weather could potentially be a factor just as far as cold it's Lambo. It's going to be 21 at kickoff with a feels like of 16. They're hiring bodes, people to shovel snow, dude. <laughs> right. They are $12 like that, an hour. That bodes well for green Bay versus Seattle. I understand Seattle's somewhat of a cold weather city, but it's not like that. I'm with you, man, but I'll also say I'll take Pete Carroll's experience in the playoffs. Sands one play in the super bowl, um, over battle floors, none. And that right. makes a difference to me. Russell Wilson makes a difference to me. I don't know, man. I, well, at least Matt Lafleur is zero and zero. Like he hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't screwed it up in the playoffs, either. right? He hasn't the opportunity, and I think he's a pretty damn good coach. You got the Smith brothers; they're on fire right now. That Seattle line is very average. I, I just, I like. So it sounds like you're taking the points here. I'm gonna lay. We're, we're gonna force ourselves. We'll give our best bets. We're gonna force ourselves to choose here. Yep, I'm for, taking for, Seattle. For good content. I'm going Green Bay minus six. Okay. I like it. Let's just let's do the other NFC game um, that we talked about. I think this is the most likely upset uh, in the Minnesota Vikings traveling 
to San Francisco. Uh, a lot of a lot of traveling. I mean, go, having to go from Minnesota to New Orleans, New Orleans to West Coast, that's tough. Um, San Francisco has looked like probably the best team in the NFC, definitely the best left now. I think that the Saints are out. It would be the consensus. Uh, Vegas certainly thinks so. But, man, Minnesota, I just think the way they played against that Saints game, I think that gave them a lot of swag because it is tough to go in there and win in, in New Orleans in the Superdome, right? So, Well, so what's our health situation in that game? Right. So the issue is Adam Thielen hurts his ankle, which he's been having the hamstring issues all, all year. And he hurts his ankle. ankle at practice. If they don't have Adam Thielen, I don't like I don't like their chances. Stephon Diggs has been out. He's been battling with a flu. He said he's going to play no matter what. Dalvin Cook is healthy. Uh, the rest of the defense is healthy. What scares me there is on the flip side of that, the 49ers are getting back uh, Quan Alexander. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're getting back their uh, their right guard. Uh, they're getting back D Ford, and they're getting back uh, the safety Tart. So they're going to have 21 out of 22 starters that they started the year with healthy. That's good. That's, That's pretty, pretty damn healthy. That's about as healthy as you can get at this time of year. I think that they stumbled a lot at the end, and I think that is tough. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, they, they, they had a hard schedule. They really did. No, they did. They did. But so my, I guess I th- actually think Zimmer is just as good as a coach as – as Shanahan. Shanahan has been fantastic this year. He's been a great play caller. He was part of a 28-3 meltdown and debacle that oh, you witnessed man. firsthand. That was Mike so Zimmer good. hasn't been part of that, right? So yeah. the the I guess let me make this point and see if you agree with it. I think this is a, sh- a strong point for the Vikings. If anyone's going to upset this week, one of these road teams, the reason I pick Minnesota is because my opposing quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't want to go against Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to go against Lamar Jackson, and I don't want to go against Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my logic there. Okay. I think it's a hard drop off to Jimmy G from there. With, with you know, I, I, I think Jimmy's good, but not like that. Yeah. I, I see where your head's at. I, I don't know that I agree. What I The way I would bet this game is Minnesota plus seven, but I still think San Francisco wins. Yeah, I love, as always, I say this a lot, but there's a couple other I'll, I'll mention this to pair with. I love this in a tease. Yeah. I love getting this to 13 or 14. Same. It's a lot of points because that defense is playing damn good. Yeah. They can stop the run, man, as we saw with, you know, Kamara's longest run was five yards, right? Like, uh, you know, they got a hell of a backfield there with Mostert and, and Coleman, and I, I think Breed is going to be a little banged up still. But, but uh, that's know, my he, thing is you've got half hobbled, Thielen and Diggs with the flu or coming off the flu, and if I, you, I think I'm that high but, on the defense. But what I'm saying is, if you can stop, if you can, if San Francisco can force basically the ball in the air, if they can stop the run, force the ball in the air, Kirk Cousins will make mistakes. He yes. will, and they're not going to score that many points. I just think Minnesota's defense is going to play much better than people think the team total for over under, uh, for the 49ers looking at now is 25. Oh no, excuse me. It moved 26 and a half now at minus minus one ten. Yeah. So well, I don't think they're going to score 27 points. It's a lot of points. I just don't, maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, if the saints going to do it, I think the saints offense is just as good as Niners offense. Yeah. I don't hate the take. I don't hate the take. But I'm I'm maybe a little higher on Jimmy G than you are. So I get but that. we're both taking the points here. 
both taking the points, I think, but I still think San Francisco wins this game. What do you think about 44 and a half on the total over under for this game? Actually, mm, I think I'd leave that alone. If I had to lean a direction, I might, I might say over because I think Minnesota can score 20 points in this game. Yeah, I, I'd go over. Yeah, um, I'm probably staying away from it, but I, I might take the under. I definitely Green Bay, Seattle, 46 and a half. That, we've talked about it. When you see 46, 46 and a half, that means Vegas has no clue. I, I don't want any part of that. Yeah, but I'd still take over in that game. Okay. The, the weather is a factor. That's a good point. Yeah, but I mean, 47s. Yeah. For those two teams, though, it feels pretty low. Yeah, right. for sure. Let's talk about this Kansas City game because I'm most excited for the Baltimore game. Um, Kansas City hosts Houston. That line is held pretty steady at 10, it looks like, with the over-under moving from 49 to 51. I think that game still might go over. You know, Houston's defense has not been overly impressive this year. Um, Kansas City's, I was making the point to you how much better their defense has been since Chris Jones returns in the middle. Uh, I think over the last six games, their points per game is a lot better. Mm -hmm. Weaker schedule, you could say that. But uh, I think their defense is playing pretty well. Deshaun's still going to make plays, though. So that's where, like, 51 doesn't seem outrageous to me. It doesn't. What I would most likely do with this game, since the it's Kansas City minus 10 and there's 50-50 money, is I would most likely put this in a tease and try to get the, the points down on Kansas City a little bit and then take probably the over, but tease it down to... Yeah, I mean, you could just tease both of these down seven. I mean, that right. gives you minus 140, but that gets you to three and over 50, 44. Or if you want to throw a third team in there to get into plus territory, I think you're plus 150 at that point. Um, you could go Minnesota plus 14 as well, which we right. just talked about. That's a good point. Yeah, that that's probably how I would go with this game. I don't know that I want a huge part of minus 10. I really don't. Like, I get too many points. It's a lot of points, man. And, like, J.J. Watt played really well last week. Dude, fuck merciless, dude. And it's yeah. Deshaun Watson, man. I do not want to give that man yeah. 10 extra points. Like, yeah. I just can't do it. Because it makes me want to bet the points on, you know, take the points with Houston, but no, Kansas City's probably going to win that game. No. But I don't think that's going to happen. There is blowout potential in that game for sure, where, like, they just hit Tyreek Hill for a 75 yarder off top. They get a turnover and then score another touchdown, and it's 14 to three. And it's over already. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's already starting. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And th but that's when I, I start to be like, what am I doing here? Like, we're, we're talking about Patrick Mahomes here. Yeah. And I mean, I, I said it a few weeks back that I thought Kansas City was going to win the AFC. And so I'm going to kind of stick by that. I think they're going to win this game by double digits. But I don't know if I'd put my money there. It's a lot. It's a lot. Like, this is one of the more fair lines I've seen. But this there. is one of the games that falls into the information that Jason gave us about uh, favorites covering the spread on Saturdays. It's true. So, you know, we're looking at two 10 or nine and a half point spreads here. One of these teams for sure is going to cover. Definitely. Uh, but uh, like I said, la last few things I want to say about KC, though, before we transition to Baltimore, is that I really think that their skill position guys are all healthy. I think that that team is just firing on all cylinders. Mahomes looked like he's at least about 90% right. They got the the running back uh, combinations with McCoy and then four players that have the exact same last name and first letter, apparently. Mm -hmm. um, and then with Hill and Watkins, right? I just – I think this is a game Andy Reid can win. Does he go into an AFC championship and win? 
I don't know, but I think he can win this game. We're talking about Bill O'Brien here, who had a great win last week, but it's this is not he didn't Bill win Belichick. that game though. They I'm telling you, they didn't win that game. The Bills lost that game. Yeah. And I, I don't want to take that from Deshaun, but Bill, Bill O'Brien was not the reason they won that game. But Deshaun's <laughs> never the reason they lose games. So like I don't even right. it's almost like I don't even think of Deshaun as part of that team at all. I just kind of yeah. like it's Deshaun, and then there's the rest of those jamokes that he has to be in the locker right. room with. So, like, that's kind of where my head's at with Houston, and so I, I'm with you. I, I don't know, man. I just – these numbers feel big to me, and I, that, that's all I, I can really say. So, Okay. All right. I think that is the biggest blowout potential, though, for sure. I see the vision. That's for sure. So, Baltimore – I think that one's at 9.5 at most books because I'm seeing it minus 10 here. Yeah, I see it minus plus, 10 as well. Plus 100, so – Minus nine and a half looks like the uh, the Vegas consensus. So we'll go with that. Either way, a big number from a Tennessee team that just played a really damn good defensive game. They're going to give up more than 13 points here almost certainly. Uh, what are your thoughts? Does this feel like it could potentially be a blowout to you? Yeah, dude. I, I, I don't think that – I think Tennessee's a good team, but I don't know that they're there yet. Can I and, paint my vision for an upset? Uh, that's kind of where my head might be um, if I really wanted to count out Lamar and Mark Ingram. But I don't I don't know if Mark Ingram is going to play this weekend or that's not. That's the thing. So Sounds uh, like he I, is. But. The, way I, the way I see Tennessee winning this game is, like I said, Mark Ingram is, is hurt. So if he plays, he's going to be banged up. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of it a lot of youth with inexperience. That's important parts of that offense. Obviously Lamar Hollywood Brown has, has very little experience. Mark Andrews has very little experience. The defense has played fantastic in the last eight games to finish the season. So I do think that they can contain Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Um, I do. I kind of like the Titans team over. I saw it. Yeah, it's at, it's at 19. That feels pretty low for a total point over. Wow. I kind of like that, but um I think it's going to be tough. I do worry a little bit about the hangover or the the factor of having the bye week and not mm-hmm. having the momentum and not being in rhythm, although you get the time to get healthy again. I don't know if that necessarily affects this team because of how much they run and their style. I think that would affect the team more like maybe a Kansas City, you know, yeah. that that's a little more pass heavy. Mm-hmm. I will say that teams that play, I'd love to see the actual stat numbers on this, but teams that beat the Patriots typically fall on their ass the following week. And I could see that happening here. It's so strange. Yeah. It happens it, it, a lot. No, it's absolutely possible. The more I look at this, this may actually have the biggest blowout potential. I'm taking Baltimore in the points, man, or uh, my, in laying the points. I just, I think it's an easy call. I think this is going to be a blowout, honestly. Yeah. The more that yeah. I think about it, the more that I, we kind of talk it out. I, I'm, I'm with you, but I think there's a lot of inexperience on that Titans team as well. And I, you put, Harbaugh's ring Super Bowl ring up against Rabel. Love Matt Rabel. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, I, I don't know. It's just, I'm not leaning that way. Yeah. Like, like I said, Tennessee's defense has been pretty middle of the road. Um, I think this is one that if Baltimore comes out and scores pretty quick, it, it, it could snowball really fast. But if Tennessee can weather the storm and maybe get on the board, earlier at least get some rhythm early that they can keep it close and then have a puncher's chance at the end i kind of like the first quarter over at nine and a half points 
First, okay, not that's not too bad. I could see for the total record. points in the first quarter, seven three. One one of these teams is going to come out hot. That's what I'm saying. That's for sure. I, I was looking at something for the playoffs as a whole. We have is it? I'm pretty sure it's four Heisman finalists in the playoffs still right now in RG three, Mariota, Lamar, Derrick Henry. Henry. That's pretty cool. That's wild, right? Yeah, all all playing slightly different roles, but yeah, for, for sure. sure, definitely different roles. Um, I, I you know, like overall, like I think this is a great uh, slate of games, and I, I man, I, I think there's going to be upsets here, though. I really do, and I, I especially given Jason Saturday stat, I think that's the most telling things. Let's go through our best bets and see what we're gonna what we're gonna lay. So where's where are you gonna go for your first best bet? Yeah, so let's do two two a piece here because that's that's how many I had. Uh, and I've got JBs. Okay, you got JBs. Perfect. Yep. Uh, so first best bet, man. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a money line parlay here. Okay. Um, and try to pick these right. So this is actually playing paying plus money. It's gonna be plus one thirty to probably 140, 145, depending on your book. Um, so I'm gonna try to get three of these games right. So I'm gonna money line parlay. Baltimore, mm-hmm. Kansas City, mm-hmm. Green Bay. I'm gonna. I may do the same just for fun. I'm not gonna do this as a best bet, but I will do Kansas City, Baltimore, Seattle. Wow, that would that'll pay fantastic because yeah. Seattle is gonna be plus. plus I want to say Seattle's plus two hundred almost. Yeah, so that's that way we'll have a little bit of competitive streak going. So that's one of your best bets, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know it's hard. It's hard to pick three money lines correct um, and just pick three NFL playoff games right, but I, I feel really good about those. Don't worry about points if you're going to go this direction with it. Just make it happen. Just exactly. pick the games right. Okay. What What's next for you? Yeah, so next, I know it's I know it's a lot of points, people. I'm going over. It's actually, I was looking at my book. It's actually 50 and a half at most places. Um, so if you can get 50 and a half at minus 110, going over 50 and a half total, for Kansas City and Houston, mm-hmm. I still, yeah, I, I think I there's a, there's a world where Kansas City scores thirty eight points in that game, almost certainly. Okay, sounds good. All right, so I'll do Jason's next. So JB's got San Fran minus seven is his best bet of the week. Going right against us as usual. Hey, that that's fine though. I love a little bit of in house competition. Absolutely. And he also said that he loves Aaron Jones receiving yards over. No idea what the mon- what the what that number is right now, but bet it, bet it big. Yeah, he said I don't don't even need to see it. He's ta- he's taking the Aaron Jones over receiving yards, so kind of plays into something that I said, where I think they're going to try to shut down the run, and that's going to open up the pass game for sure. I like it. So my best bets are going to be I'm gonna I'm gonna take Minnesota plus seven here. It's going to be one of my main ones. And then I am also going to put a seven-point tease on Kansas City minus ten, getting it down to four, and then taking a seven-point or a six-point. Uh, probably. Is, uh, I'll have to see what it pays. It'll depend right, on what well, it you pays. S- you said seven, so I would get it down to three actually. For oh, okay, you. so I'll probably do a six then. Uh, four, I'm comfortable with four. Okay, and then getting what's the over/under at live like fifty-one. For, yeah, yeah, 50 and a half. So you okay. can get it down to 44 and a half. Yeah, I, I like that that uh, that tease as well. 
Aaron Jones receiving yards player prop, just for what it's worth, uh, is looking like it's 39. Dude, pound that over. I, I'm not even on Green Bay in this game, but pound that over, too. I think he could do that in one play. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay, so you got Minnesota plus seven, and then a tease uh, in the KC game for the KC line down to minus four, and then the over to uh, 44 and a half. I like that a lot. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big believer that, you know, hungry dogs run fast here, and I, I'm, I'm taking Seattle, too, this weekend. I know I don't have another pick, but I'm just I, – I feel good about that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you seem pretty confident about that. For what it's worth, I'm looking at it on my book, money line for Seattle's plus one ninety. So, pretty good, straight up, pretty good. Yeah, exactly. I'd still take the points. I think though, we'll just have to see what it moves to. A lot safer. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I think we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. We uh, we will be back, I guess, here in a couple of days. We'll be announcing not long. Uh, we'll do some live watches. I think we're gonna do either the AFC or NFC Championship, whichever those. Dude, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I want a KC Baltimore matchup so bad. I think we're gonna get it, man. I think that's gonna be a great game uh, or a great that'd be a great game to watch, and I think that's a good one to do live watch on. So I think we will be doing that. So we'll be deciding on that. JB should be back next week. We'll give you guys a, a good breakdown. We'll see how the the uh, college football championship goes. We'll talk about these divisional rounds and how they came out and. Where we're headed for championship rounds, where we're headed for Super Bowl, all that good stuff. Uh, we want to remind everyone to give us a call. That number is 972-885-9361. We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear what your takes are, whether you think we're doing bad, good, whatever, in between, doesn't matter. Please give us a call. We want to hear from you guys. We also want to remind everyone to check out the website, sensiblueloud.com, and make sure to check out uh, our social media at Facebook on Facebook at Sensibly Loud Media and at Sensibly Loud on Instagram and Twitter. We will see you guys later on this week.